0: If you're looking for proven tools for your workplace toolbox, you're in the right place. Now let's get after it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Working Conversations podcast, where we talk all things leadership, business communication, and trends in organizational life. I'm your host, Dr. Janelle Anderson. Let me start today by telling you about Fred. You might know Fred. You might work with Fred. Fred is a subject matter expert in his company. He's got a lot of technical knowledge that others in the organization are dependent on. But his colleagues get frustrated with him easily. Fred talks in circles, never seems to quite get to the point, uses a lot of technical language and jargon, and infuriates his colleagues with how simple questions take so long to get answered. And to make matters worse, He regularly refers to the females on his team as girls or ladies, without realizing that that is insensitive. After all, he's not referring to his male colleagues as boys or gentlemen. His colleagues aren't the only ones who get frustrated. Fred gets infuriated every year at performance evaluation time with the feedback from his boss and from his colleagues in his 360 degree reviews. The same theme comes up year after year. Fred needs better interpersonal skills. Interpersonal skills help dictate how you get along with other people and how well you get along with other people. It's all about teamwork, emotional intelligence, and leadership. Without strong interpersonal skills, you're not going to be your best at work, and you're not going to be able to work to your potential. And that, my friends, is going to hold you back at work. And that's what we're talking about in this episode. Which is, in fact, the fifth prediction that I made for work life this year. Interpersonal skills are the most important skills to develop in 2023. Before I jump into the details of this prediction, let me just quickly remind you of all the predictions I made for work life in 2023 back in episode 92. Prediction number one, the labor shortage will continue and will get worse. Prediction number two, We will experience a values clash at work between those who live to work and those who work to live. Prediction number three, artificial intelligence becomes more useful in everyday work. Prediction number four, return to the office and work from home will clash in a tug of war relationship. And prediction number five, what we're talking about here today, interpersonal skills are the most important skills at work this year. All right, so as promised in this episode, we're going to explore why I'm predicting that the most important skills we need in the workplace today are interpersonal skills. Communication skills made nearly every list of skills you need to get ahead in 2023 if you search it up on the interwebs. And at the end of 2022, Pearson, the world's largest learning company, they produce a lot of textbooks. Pearson conducted one of the most extensive reviews of job postings ever. They used their workforce analytics tools to catalog and analyze 12 million job postings around the world. They found that job advertisements are prioritizing interpersonal skills over technical skills across industries. Their analysis shows that the top five skills that employers are looking for in order of importance. Number one, communication skills. Number two, customer service skills, which I might add also require strong communication skills. Number three, leadership. And how do we lead? Oh, through our communication with those who follow. Number four, collaboration. How do we collaborate? (laughs) Through communication. And number five, problem solving. And how do we solve problems together with others? (laughs) Yep, you guessed it, through our communication of our thinking process and our ideas. So communication, why? Why might this be the focus? Why all of the attention on our communication skills at this particular point in time? Well, I've got some ideas on that. Given the past few years and the impact that the pandemic has had on how we work, the lines between our personal and professional lines have increasingly become blurred. How we talk to our family members tends to be more casual than how we talk at work, for example. But when we're talking at work from home, the place we interact with our families, again, you see the possibility for blurring those lines. And with all the work from home, some people have lost the ability to connect with others and relate to them. In fact, one of my most in-demand keynotes these days is called Expect the Unexpected, Reconnect in a Disconnected World. We're all out of practice, even me. I need to take my own reconnecting in a disconnected world medicine. I was recently at an industry event, and I was going to lunch after the event with another speaker colleague, who is also a personal friend of mine, who was in attendance. After the event, I chatted with a few people that I hadn't seen for a while and had great reconnections with a couple of people, and then I found myself ready to leave and go get that lunch that we had planned. My colleague was talking to another acquaintance of mine, and looking back on it, I think I may have come across as impatient at best and rude at worst. I saw the friend I was going to lunch with across the room talking to this acquaintance. I walked over to where they were talking, and I stood idly by waiting for my friend. I didn't say hello to the other person or even attempt to join their conversation, which by the way, didn't look like a private conversation. There were other people within earshot. I'm sure it was one that they, a conversation that they would have welcomed me into. And I would like to believe that in this instance, I was simply out of practice and not entirely socially inept. I'm quite sure that in the past I would have joined their conversation and been much more subtle about being ready to leave instead of just standing there with an expectant look on my face. So yes, even the teacher is the student. We also have more sensitive issues to address in the workplace than we've seen in decades past. Diversity, equity, and inclusion have become important issues across almost every industry sector. Engaging in conversations that will address systemic inequities in organizations requires exceptional communication skills. Word choice becomes even more important than in the past, specifically words and phrases that may indicate an unconscious bias. These words and phrases need to be brought to our attention if they are in our subconscious so that we can retool them. Let me give you a quick example. I do a fair bit of keynote speaking and training on leadership. As you may know, being an excellent leader requires a high level of self-awareness to be highly self-aware. You have to be willing to look at your shortcomings. Now, most of us don't go around trying to have shortcomings. It's just part of being human. None of us are perfect. And certainly none of us are perfect at everything all the time. So we have these shortcomings and most of us don't even realize we have them. If we did realize we had them, we'd probably address them especially if it's something that might negatively affect our work or our relationships. Now, I used to refer to these shortcomings as things that were in our blind spot. A turn of phrase that means we have a lack of knowledge of something. Someone in one of my audiences a couple of years ago shared feedback with me that this phrase isn't respectful of people who may be blind or have a vision impairment. That was incredibly valuable feedback to me. I was inadvertently using a term that was insensitive and ableist. I received the feedback with grace and humility. And ever since when I am training or giving a keynote on leadership, and I want to talk about this concept, I've been using the phrase outside one's field of awareness when discussing shortcomings that we don't know. We have, I've cleaned up my language. We have to have the skills to navigate this landscape, including grace and humility. And that means being better communicators, even those of us who communicate professionally. Indeed, we are out of practice and communication skills are in high demand and today's business priorities require that we be precise and emotionally intelligent and respectful in our communication. And for some, like Fred, That is going to require some serious upskilling in order to get ahead and stay ahead. Or at least keep yourself out of Nancy, the human resource director's office. This episode is made possible by Instacart. If you haven't already started using Instacart, now is the time, my friend. Now, I'm the first one to say that I actually enjoy a trip to the grocery store. I really do. But you know what I like doing even better? Making this podcast. When I was deep in the development of this podcast, outlining and recording the first few episodes, my kids reminded me that they needed to eat. Instacart to the rescue. In absolutely record time, Magnolia, my Instacart shopper that day, delivered chicken nuggets, milk, avocados, fresh berries, and a host of other groceries we needed. When life gets busy, or when you just want to feel like royalty and have someone do it for you, there's Instacart. Get $10 off your first order when you sign up at workingconversations.com forward slash Instacart. Now, back to the show. So I want to share a key idea with you today about communication, and that's the idea of relational mastery. Relational mastery is grounded in being able to read the social cues of other people when you are in conversation with them. When you're skilled at reading the cues of others and adjusting your communication accordingly, something I call listener adaptation, you are more likely to build trust, increase respect, demonstrate emotional intelligence, and get work done more effectively. That is faster because everyone's on the same page and there are fewer misunderstandings and at a higher quality because there was transparency and the details were able to be addressed instead of guessed at. Now, how do we do relational mastery? Well, first off, we need to get out of our own head and into the other person's head as much as possible. That's called taking an other-centered approach. When I think about what the other person cares about or is worried about or might have questions about, it changes how I hold the conversation with them. For example, if I'm giving an employee some constructive feedback, I want to watch carefully for how it's being received. If my employee gets defensive immediately, I'll do some course correction. I might then say, Hmm, I know this might be difficult to hear, but it will really make a difference for our customers and customer service is so important in our organization. Now, as I'm doing that, I'm watching their facial expression, their body language, eye contact, listening to the tone of their voice when they do speak. In addition to just their words. And sometimes I might make some subtle adjustments like trying to relax my own facial expression so that I don't look stressed or anxious about delivering the information. Other times I might sense that an example or two will help in explaining my feedback, especially if I'm seeing an expression of confusion or disbelief on their face. What you'll notice about all of this subtlety is that you really have to pay attention to the other person. If you're stressed or rushed or nervous that can get in the way of you paying close attention to how the other person is reacting and you'll fail to build rapport and connection. In short, it will be a display of not having relational mastery. Another part of this equation is mastering our own emotions. We might see that the other person is getting defensive, angry, or frustrated. It's important to have strong emotional mastery here so that you don't begin to mirror the other person's emotional state. It's a phenomenon called emotional contagion and left unchecked, humans will often mirror the other person's emotional state, especially when emotions are running hot or high. I talk about this at length in my book, Head-On, How to Approach Difficult Conversations Directly. And while we're on this topic, difficult conversations are another area in which we're going to need strong, (laughs) yep, you guessed it, communication skills. Just think of all the difficult situations that we're facing at work, many of which I've talked about recently here on the podcast. Work from home versus return to the office, work to live versus live to work, layoffs, cutbacks, changes that may play out if there happens to be a recession, Being able to talk about challenging and difficult topics in a constructive manner is essential in today's workplace. If you don't already have a copy of the book, head over to JanelleAnderson.com, scroll to the bottom of the page where you can download the first couple of chapters for free. Even that short read will get you some quick wins for how to navigate those difficult situations and conversations. The important takeaway from this episode is that interpersonal communication skills are more important than ever. However you prefer to learn, whether it's in a classroom environment or listening to podcasts or watching YouTube videos or reading a book, do yourself and your career a favor and get some advanced communication skills training. Or if you already have a strong skill set, it never hurts to get a refresher. There are literally dozens of episodes of this podcast That will help you skill up on interpersonal communication. I'll list a few of my favorites in the show notes. And by the way, I've got a couple of other communication expert friends who have books coming out in the next few months. I'll be sure to get them on the podcast so that you can learn from them here. So whether it's reading a book or whether it's some other format, get on it. So this concludes the episodes on my predictions for 2023. Starting back with episode 92, where I made the initial predictions, followed by a deeper dive into each one of them. One final review of the predictions before we go. Prediction number one, the labor shortage will continue and get worse. Prediction number two, we will experience a values clash at work between those who live to work and those who work to live. Prediction number three, artificial intelligence becomes more useful in everyday work. Prediction number four, return to the office and work from home clash in a tug of war relationship. And prediction number five, interpersonal skills are the most important skills at work. So there you have it, the future of work in 2023, according to yours truly, Dr. Janelle Anderson. If you enjoy this content and you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button and knock that little bell so that you'll get notified every time there's a new episode out. I'm also starting to make some other videos there too. So even if you listen on a podcast player, you'll want to head over to YouTube and subscribe at youtube.com forward slash Janelle Anderson, PhD, so that you don't miss a thing. Wherever you are listening or watching, please leave me a review It helps other listeners find me. And it just plain old makes me feel good until next time, my friends be well. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, head on over to Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and give us five stars and a quick review. It really makes a difference and it keeps us bringing you valuable content that you can put into play in your life. I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, and this is Working Conversations.